Now, I, I'm one of three siblings. I was the middle child. And um, I've got an older brother called Ben. And for many of my child and teenage years, I basically tried to be just like Ben. And I've got a couple of pictures uh, that are coming up to demonstrate that a little bit. There we are. And uh, I think there's another one, some classic 90s shots of mum dressing us exactly the same. Thanks for that, mum. And, um, okay, yeah, we can put them away now. So, I, uh, in some ways, I was a fairly typical younger brother in that I wanted to be just like my older brother. Now, I would probably have never admitted that to him and probably still wouldn't directly tell him that, but, but it was true. And when I was younger, I would follow him around. I would say the things that he said, do the things that he did. Um, as we got older, he liked football, so I liked football. Um, he put like an obscene amount of gel in his hair, so I put an obscene amount of gel in my hair. He did the paper rounds, I did the paper rounds, you, you get the picture. In fact, when I went to secondary school, a bunch of the teachers would often say things like, oh, you're Ben's brother, you're just like him. And on the outside, I would play it cool and maybe even like deny it, but on the inside, I was delighted because it was like confirmation that I was succeeding in becoming just like my brother. Now, obviously, if you're a parent, you'll know there were definitely some less idyllic, brotherly moments, but part of my childhood was that. It was like following my brother around, and learning from him, and trying to become more like him. And the reason that I mention this is because um, I think that that is a great analogy for what it means for us to be a disciple, that the heart of being a Christian or following Jesus is this desire to be close to him and to become more like him. That's what it's all about. And we see this in the Gospels. Jesus invited people to come and follow him. And at the time in the first century, it would have been quite normal for, for Jewish teachers, rabbis, to have a load of people who just followed them around because they wanted to learn from them and be more like them. And it wasn't just about their teaching in terms of like what they, they taught, but it was about all of their life. So by following someone, by being around them, you, you learn to become more like them. And so when Jesus like invited people to follow him, he wasn't teaching them just like a set of rules. He was inviting them into relationship with him, but it was a relationship where there was a clear intention for them not to stay the same, for them to grow and to be shaped and formed. And today we're, we're in the second part of a series John started last week looking at our vision for this year, and we're, we're focusing on one particular verse in Ephesians chapter 4. Um, verse 16, it says this, it says, from him, that's Jesus it's talking about, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And last week, John, he talked about this um, like joined and held together and the need for all of us as, as his church to, to have that connection and that community with one another. And today we're looking at the next few words in that verse which said this, grows and builds itself up in love. And what I'm not talking about here or what Paul wasn't talking about here was like physically growing or building or like um, growing in terms of numbers here. What he was talking about was each of us as followers of Jesus growing in maturity, growing in like the depth of our walk with Jesus, growing in resilience, and essentially growing to become more and more like Jesus. That's what this verse is talking about, and that is often known as discipleship. You'll have, you'll have heard that before. And the last two years, as we will all have mentioned, have been really tough, haven't they, in many ways. And one of the ways that they have been tough is on our own discipleship. Because part of the way that we grow as disciples is by doing that together. It's not something that we do on our own. And so having a couple of years where we, we've found it quite hard to do that has heavily impacted that. 
But also, I think the last few years has maybe revealed something of our own levels of discipleship as well. For example, for me, uh, when we went into lockdown, I, I thought it was going to be an absolute breeze. I thought I was just going to love wearing my joggers all day, every day, um, that my like, work lunch was going to drastically increase to like, poached eggs or something every day. And, um, and honestly, I thought I was just going to be so connected to Jesus because I had so much time just to pray and all of that extra time. But that didn't happen. I don't know about you. I mentioned before, um, I found working from home and the, like, the loneliness of it really challenging. And all of a sudden, I realized maybe I'm not quite as, as motivated and as like, plugged into Jesus as I thought I was. And potentially, some of the church activity and busyness from like, before the pandemic had slightly covered up for a lack of discipleship in me. Maybe some of you guys found the same, like, that in the craziness of homeschooling, or like the endless Zoom calls or whatever it was, like pursuing Jesus just slipped into the background a little bit. Or maybe you had so much time that you managed to fill it with everything other than time with Jesus. But I think coming out of the last two years, we've all got a bit of an opportunity just to, to assess ourselves a little bit. And the question I think for us this morning, before we get too much into like what does discipleship look like, is do we actually want it? Like do we actually want to be resilient disciples who prioritize our relationship to Jesus and allow him to shape us? Is that something that we want? Or are we okay with just kind of like coming here on a Sunday, serving on a team every so often and not really letting it impact our life? Because Jesus, he's not gonna force us to do this, but he does invite every one of us. And it's not easy or it's not always comfortable and I certainly don't always get it right, but I do know deep down I want my life to be defined by this, by discipleship to Jesus. So what does that look like? Well, um, in that verse, Paul talks about growing and being built up. But just before it, if we look at the verses just before it, he gives us a bit more of a glimpse of like, what he's actually talking about. So we're going to go to the beginning, verse 11. It says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's a bit wordy, um, but another translation of that bit says it this. It says, becoming completely like him. Becoming completely like Jesus. And this is the first thing for us to focus on today, that for Paul, the goal of discipleship, the whole point is Jesus. I don't know for, for each of you, for, or for some of you, whether you can remember the first time that you decided to follow Jesus, when um, it, maybe there was a particular moment or a decision when you did that, or maybe for like, like me, there wasn't necessarily a particular moment that I can remember, but I can remember a few of my teenage years where I went from not being remotely interested in Jesus to deciding, actually, yeah, I really want to follow him. And you know, those decisions are amazing and they're something that we, that we should treasure and be fond of, but the Bible makes it pretty clear they are just the beginning of the journey rather than the end of it. That they are like the first decision to be followed by countless other daily decisions. And so it's like there are two parts of being a disciple. The first is that initial like saying, yes, yes, I want to follow you, Jesus. This is what I want. And in that moment, the Bible talks about how we are changed and we are made completely new. But then there is this, this second process that once we've said yes to following him, we then spend the rest of our lives 
actually trying to get closer to him and become more like him. And so when Paul talks about maturity, that word came up a few times in that passage, he's talking about how much do me and you actually look like Jesus? How much do we reflect him in the way that we live our lives? That is what discipleship is all about. Jesus is the end goal. He is the one that we fix our eyes on. Actually, it's his vision for our life rather than ours that is the measure for how mature we might actually be. And that can become quite easy to forget. I know I find it hard sometimes because we live in a culture that actually places a high priority on each of us looking deep within ourselves and figuring out who do I want to be. And that's okay for some people, but the problem for us is that that directly clashes with the whole idea of discipleship, which is actually about laying ourselves down to become more like him. In fact, Jesus, he basically says that in um, Luke's gospel, chapter nine, Jesus said this to his followers. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And that's challenging, isn't it? That's not super easy, but Jesus says this is the way to finding true life in him. And it looks like this daily surrender of choosing to give ourselves and our agenda to him. And a friend of mine over the last year, he's, he's been a Christian for many years, but he felt like something needed to change and something in like his discipleship just, just wasn't working. So he said this. He said, I didn't really know how to go about it. All I knew was that my life had to look very different from before. I was fed up with the result I was getting. I really wanted to know Jesus and not just have the right answers. So I found a spiritual director and a coach. I committed to not just reading the Bible as a box ticking exercise, but taking smaller chunks and giving time to really reflect on them. I picked a few friends to journey with more intentionally and set regular times when we would meet to talk about our discipleship. As an impatient extrovert, I used to hate journaling, but I even dabbled in that. And then he said this, which is what struck me. He said, choosing to be intentional and proactive has led to more change in me in a year than I saw in the previous five. There weren't many firework moments, but I began to hear God more, understand myself better, and what I really wanted to change. And it, as a friend, it's been amazing to, to see it in him, but, but Jesus actually invites us all into this, into this journey of becoming more and more like him. And so if we go back to that passage, Paul has just said, like, Jesus is the goal of our discipleship. That's what it is. But then he goes on and he says this. In verse 14, he says, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So Paul says, no, we will no longer be infants. Now, many uh, summers ago, I was uh, coaching football in America, and one of the fun things we got to do in our spare time uh, was go paddleboarding. I don't know if you've been paddleboarding before. Um, if you've not, basically, you get this like ma- massive surfboard and a big paddle to like steer. Um, I kind of when they explained to me, I thought, yeah, that sounds pretty simple. I don't know about you. It was not. At least for me, it was not. Maybe it would be for you. But I spent basically a good hour um, paying no attention to where I was going or anything like that, but literally just trying to stand up on this surfboard. And it involved me basically repeatedly like pulling myself up onto the board, then like getting on my knees. And then when I felt a bit brave, I would try and stand up. And every time without fail, I immediately just fell off the board. I was terrible. And eventually I'd had enough and I'd completely given up. And I looked up to see my friends and basically they were miles away from me. I was miles from everyone else because we were on the coast. There was obviously like a bit of a current or a tide. 
And I paid no attention to where I was going, and so eventually I drifted quite a bit further along the coast. So then I basically just had to like swim back on this board, get back to where I started, and I still was useless at paddleboarding. And so it's fair to say I stuck to football for the rest of that trip. But the interesting thing is, I've since tried paddleboarding um, on like a nice still lake in England instead, rather than with waves, and it is much easier. Um, I would highly recommend you do that rather than the former one. But the Bible paints this picture of discipleship that it is less like being on a nice still lake and it is more like being on a river or with there being like a real current or a tide that actually pulls us away from Jesus. And part of us growing as disciples is kind of like seeing that and then just learning to like navigate those, those waves and those tides as they inevitably come. But that's not necessarily an easy thing to do because... We live in a culture that is moving faster than probably any culture in human history. Uh, the world, like for good or bad, is, is changing at quite a rapid pace. And that means that those choppy waters that we, we live in, they can feel um, particularly strong sometimes. Some of those waters are things like this. A world of social media where everyone is able to filter what they show of their life and where it feels like everyone else knows what they're doing with their job or their relationships, or their holidays, and often ends up leading to feelings of inadequacy and comparison with one another. Or a world where we have more choices than we've ever had before, but also potentially more anxiety than we've ever had before. Or a world of of distraction where it's actually easier to stay distracted than it is to deal with some of the more painful or negative feelings in our lives. Or a world where the self-denial that Jesus just talked about in that passage is actually seen as unhealthy. Or a world where kind of making fun of each other and belittling one another with humor is is just seen as banter. Or a world where views on all kinds of topics, on all different things, are moving in a bit of a different direction to where the Bible talks about. And and each of us regularly have to decide, what is going to be the authority in my life? Is it going to be the Bible or is it going to be my own opinion? And I'm sure there could be countless other things, but Paul is basically saying, It's less of a question of whether we are being shaped or not, and it's more about who or what is shaping us. Because we are always being shaped by the people we spend time with, the places that we go, the choices that we make. It happens. We're all being shaped. And Barna, a Christian research organization, they tried to do a bit of research into what are the things that shape us. And one of their conclusions, probably unsurprisingly, is that one of the main things that forms us today is things like this, our screens, or TVs, or iPads, or whatever. They said that the average Christian between the age of 15 and 23 spends 10 times more time watching their screens than taking in any kind of spiritual content. To use their words, they said this, they said, the power and pull of screens are unreal. Screens disciple us. And now many of us, uh, unfortunately myself as well, um, will be a few years beyond that age category, some of us maybe more than others, but... If we're honest, I don't think that would probably change the outcome of that research too much. Like how many of us, um, first thing in the morning before we do anything else, we we grab our phone and we scroll or we um, check the BBC News app or how many of us would find it easier to to binge watch the latest series on Netflix or something like that rather than regularly read our Bibles and pray. And I don't say this to make anyone feel bad, but just to recognize this is a challenge all of us, like we all face it. My... 60-day streak on Wordle demonstrates this is, this is a real-life issue for me as well. There are many things vying for our attention. And so it's hard to actually just carve out time to grow as disciples. 
So what might be the things that would be shaping you? Because it will probably look a little bit different for each of us. And in fact, if you looked back over your, at your life over the last year, or maybe even the last five years, do you feel like a resilient disciple who is growing to become more and more like Jesus? Maybe you do. Or do you feel a little bit like me on that paddleboard where you kind of look up and you realize actually you've drifted quite a long way from where you used to be? And part of the reason that this matters is because all of us, we will all have big questions about our lives, questions like, who am I? Uh, how should I live? Like, am I actually really known and loved by anyone? Like, what should I do with my life? How can I find genuine intimacy? We'll have loads of different questions. And Jesus, he invites us into discipleship with him because he knows that it's only actually when we center our lives on him rather than on ourselves that we begin to find like, quite firm answers for those questions. So finally, if, if we go back to that verse um, at the beginning, the phrase of growing and building up that Paul says, there are two important words that come with it you might have noticed at the beginning. So in verse 16 it says, um, grows and builds itself up in love. But verse 15, just before that as well, Paul says this, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So in love, these two words that Paul mentions a couple of times. He mentions it twice, and both in the context of, of this image of a body, which John talks about last week. John talks about how, um, in this passage, it talks about how we're joined and held together. And the truth for all of us is that growing and becoming more like Jesus, that only actually happens in the context of community. Discipleship isn't some solo effort that we just figure out on ourselves. It happens with each other. Because we can only learn to be like more kind, and forgiving and more patient if there are actually people in need of our kindness and our forgiveness and our patience. And also, potentially more so, the reason we need other people is because the unfortunate reality, I hate to break the news to you, but we all have blind spots, right? We will all have areas that we need to grow that we currently have no idea about, which is a little bit worrying, but we can only grow in those with the help of someone else. Uh, for example, for me, Last year, I did like an online discipleship course for about six months, and each week, we had some different homework to do. And one week, the, the homework was pretty intense. Basically, what I had to do is I had to sit down with all the people that spend the most time with me, and I had to ask them two things. The first one was the kind of easier question. It's, what can you rely on me the most for? And then the second question was, what can you rely on me the least for? And I had to sit down with them and promise that I was not going to get defensive or anything like that. I was just going to take it. That was the hardest bit. And so I sat down one by one with my wife, Rhea, with Susie, my boss here, with uh, my mom, with some of the people I work with, with some of my friends, and I asked them those questions. And as you can imagine, I was a little bit nervous um, for what I was going to hear. But it was fascinating because alongside some quite like encouraging things, there were also some quite hard truths for me as well. Things like being too hard on myself and at times too hard on the people around me about the way that I share my opinion and how sometimes it actually closes conversations down rather than opens it up. Or my avoidance sometimes of just having the tougher conversations with the people around me. And as each of these people shared these things, there were some slightly painful moments for me in it. But at the same time, they really impacted me. Because each of these conversations was, was with someone who loved me, who spent a lot of time with me, and in the context of these chats, they actually had permission to like challenge me and bring this stuff up. 
And also, the honest truth is, they were absolutely spot on. Like all of the things they said are things which now I'm trying to grow in a little bit. And what I'm definitely not saying today is you should go home on your Sunday lunch and just like crack on with that. Um, that was very much in the context of this course that I was doing. But I think an important question for all of us is who have we given permission to grow and build us up in love? Is there anyone in your life that you like semi-regularly meet with who is actually able to ask you the tough questions and who you know that if they challenge you on something, they're, they're doing it from a place of love rather than anything else? Because the church, this church and the worldwide church is only here because generations and generations of followers of Jesus have kind of like been up for doing this, given someone access to their life and permission to do this kind of thing where they've probably asked them questions like this. I really want to speak to my friends and my co-workers about Jesus, but I'm nervous about it. Can you like encourage me and just like check in with me about it? Or I want to get up earlier in the day to have a bit more time to like read my Bible and that kind of thing. Um, can you challenge me on that? Like when you see me, can you ask me about it? Or like I've noticed recently that I'm a bit negative and critical in lots of the situations I find myself in. If you see me doing that, can you, can you challenge me on that? Can you call me up on it? Or off the back of a particular event or something, how do you think I could have responded differently in that situation? Because it didn't seem to go that well. Loads of different things, but we have to seek it out because that kind of thing, we'll all know it doesn't just happen naturally, does it? So what about you? Who, who could that be for you? Because the, the, the environments that we put ourselves in and the people we spend time with, they do shape us. And so if we don't actively choose to spend time with people who inspire us and people who actually are going to challenge us and push us to become more like Jesus, then we probably won't. And instinctively, I don't know about you, we will probably all resist this a little bit. It's a lot easier, isn't it, to suggest to other people maybe what they need to do a little bit differently rather than to ask someone to do the same in you. Like we want to be more like Jesus, but actually opening ourselves up to someone else, that feels, that feels pretty risky. But we've got to try it. A Christian author called Dallas Willard, he put it like this. He said, the general human failing is to want what is right and important, but at the same time not to commit to the kind of life that will produce the action we know to be right and the condition we want to enjoy. We intend what is right, but we avoid the life that would make it a reality. And I know, don't know about you, I know I see that in myself, that, that deep down I, I want to be more like Jesus, I want to do it, but the cost for that sometimes feels pretty high. Like sometimes it's easier and less effort just to like not face up to some of the things I know that I do need to face up to. But I know that in me and in what I've seen in the lives of the people around me, that it's when we're actually willing to be quite proactive and intentional with our time and when we're willing to make the brave choice of inviting people into that and challenging us on it, that's when we actually become more like Jesus. That's what happens. And it's inspiring. When, I don't know about you, when you see this in other people, you see maybe an older person in church that you know that's been living this out for decades and you see it in their gentleness and their humility and their kindness and they just reflect Jesus in the way they live. Or we see it in a parent sometimes where in the midst of the busyness of family life and the chaos that could probably sometimes be, they take those little moments when they can pursue their relationship with Jesus. Or the like young adult or student who has actually decided, I don't mind if I look quite different to the people around me in terms of my lifestyle and my relationships. I want to pursue Jesus wholeheartedly. It's inspiring to see, but actually all of us can do this. We can all grow as disciples and what I think would be fascinating to see would be if we got a little glimpse of like us in this room 10 years into the future from now. 
I imagine we would probably be a little bit more wrinkly and a few more gray hairs. But there is the possibility that we, we could basically be the same, that we've just kind of drifted on that paddleboard and be no further in our relationship to Jesus. That is actually a possibility. Or we could actually try and take this pretty seriously and choose each of us to make those small but intentional daily decisions that, that actually grow and shape us to become more like Jesus and to use the language that Paul did in that verse, to grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, and that is Christ. So what might that look like for you to grow and become more like Jesus? Jesus.